Thanks for being here. This yeah, is so thanks cool. for coming, Dennis Furton. <laughs> I'd like to say the name so we can like clear, make it clear to everyone who's listening right. who it is. <laughs> well, David Tooney and Elise McGann, it's good to be here. I wanted to start off with asking you, kind of, well, we thought we'd have you on because a lot of the students know your name, know who you are, you're mm -hmm. superintendent, but the students especially don't really know what it is to be like the superintendent. We don't know what kind of day-to-day -day jobs you have, and I'm curious to what those are. Oh, wow. That's where I reveal what I actually do. Yeah, <laughs> this, is the, okay. this is the spot. So, you know, it's, it's a different job than being a principal, which is what I was before, which is more of a scheduled day. You know, mm -hmm. if you're the principal, and Mr. Gilchrist could come in and tell you all about that, but... Um, your day is really structured by the beginning and end of the school day, what happens in between, supporting the teachers and the students very directly. And as the superintendent, I have five buildings to look after, and I've got five operational departments to look after. And, um, you know, my day can be a lot of meetings um, in my office and then at the ISD or in other school districts. Uh, I spend a fair amount of time uh, meeting with my principals, with my central office administrators, such as Mr. Ely or Ms. Boovey. Uh, spend a lot of time on budget, uh, a lot of time on policy, with, you know, the rules that govern the district. Um, I've got a seven-member board who I work for, and that means I have seven bosses who I have to make sure I'm communicating with. Um, you know, it, it's a job that is never boring for me because no two days are, are ever the same. Um, I can sometimes start my workday at 6 o'clock in the morning and finish at 9 o'clock at night, and other days I come at 8 and I can roll out at 4. So. Uh, I have a great amount of variety in my day. And you said, like, there are five operational your mm -hmm. control. So just for people who might not know, and I don't even think I know all five, actually, but With so the five would be? Food service, transportation, uh, custodial maintenance, and fitness and aquatic center. So mm -hmm. custodial and maintenance are separate, so yep. those are our five. Where did you, where were you a principal before? What school? I was a principal, first uh, assistant principal in Galveston, Texas, mm -hmm. um, at a large high school. 2,500 kid high school in Galveston called Ball High. Um, and then I was principal in Onekama, which is as far away from Ball High as you can get because it's, <laughs> you know, that was probably 400 students we had. Um, and then I was uh, principal in Glen Lake, which is in the Lelanau Peninsula oh, by Traverse cool. City. So, yeah. Did you grow up in Texas or no. what took you down there? Grew up in Ionia, uh, Michigan, mm. went to Michigan State and uh, wanted to get away from home when I graduated yeah. from college. Uh, so, first job offer I had was from Ball High to teach high school English. Uh, taught 10th grade English there for four years. Uh, and, you know, it was one of those things that, you know, I went down there not knowing what was going to happen for a job interview. And uh, the principal was a graduate of Eastern Michigan University. Uh, he'd been living down there for a while, and he had a Texas twang mm -hmm. already, which, you know, is that, that southern voice and everything like that. He was a great guy. Um, offered me the job. and. You know, stayed there for six years uh, teaching and then as an assistant principal. Oh, that's cool. It was that's, fun. That's a long line of history to go over. What have you, what's the most thing you've taken out of that coming from such a far, when you went to Texas, now you're back in Michigan? Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting because in, at Ball High, we had a third of our students were uh, African American, a third were Hispanic, and a third were white. Uh, we had all socioeconomic levels, all educational levels from parents. Um, you know, just a very different school system, very different place. Uh, but what I took from it more than anything else is, you know, when I'm dealing with students there or I'm dealing with students here, they're all pretty much the same. 
you know, I mean, kids are kids. Um, this, the issues that high school kids were having in, at Ball High 24 years ago when I started and the issues that high school students are having today at Spring Lake, not to get altogether different. You know, it's all about growing up, uh, finding your way, finding your voice, uh, you know, knowing how to live with purpose and how to be successful on your terms and also how to work with others and work with their terms. So, I mean, the same issues then, the same issues now. Uh, what are the advantages, and I suppose if, if there's a disadvantage, to that technology um, coming in? Um, and then and now, relationships are still the most important thing because if we don't connect with our students and uh, connect as staff members to one another, uh, I think you know, the business of education, whether it's working with students or working with colleagues, it just, it's not uh, rewarding. Uh, even with technology, we still value our people more than we do. From where I sit, that, that change of the teacher providing the information, which it had to be, right? It had to be the teacher had to provide the information. Cause, I mean, I guess we would get it from books, of course, but uh, you know that, that source is limited. Now we have an unlimited supply and source of information. So now the drive is, well, how do we decipher what's good or what's bad, and then how do we use that? That's a, that's a me, that's a... And exciting. I, you know I like that change. <laughs> and it's, it's the world, at least, you're going to face when you graduate from college and, and you go out into the work world. I mean, it, it would be great, and I think our schools are, are continuing to evolve toward emulating what that work world will look like because that work world is so different than when I came into the workforce. And, um, you know, it's much more about your talent, um, your drive, uh, your emotional intelligence, your ability to, to process information and, and solve problems creatively. Those are the talents, those are the skills that are going to get you good jobs. Uh, we've got a little bit of a social media push we're going to put on here shortly and uh, as a district, and I hope as we do that, we do it right. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's the whole thing. I think students sometimes laugh at the way adults use social media, <laughs> and sure. I get it. I understand. Um, but, you know, we're trying to, to figure that out. Mm -hmm. So do you mind using the Share Chair podcast as a way to, like, can you tell us a little bit about that? Like, what, what do you... Uh, yeah, I'll tell you a little bit. A little so something. here's what I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to go uh, probably once every week and a half to two weeks over the course of, you know, what, however long that takes for the school year, I'm going to visit a grade level um, and I'm going to spend a full day mm -hmm. with a kindergarten teacher mm -hmm. and then a first grade teacher and I'm going to go all the way through high school. So mm -hmm. it'll take me 13 different days and what I want to do with each one of those days is integrate three different types of social media. So I will tweet from the classroom. Um, I will have pictures and posts on Instagram from the classroom, including some videos. And then for my uh, parents who are more into Facebook, <laughs> we will have some Facebook posts. Yeah. Uh, and I'm also thinking about using that as an opportunity to launch a blog that I can write a little bit about the experience. And what we're going to be looking for with that and aiming at with that is you know, probably I would say it's a 60-40 split. 40% of it is about what it's like to be a student mm -hmm. in that grade level or in that content area. But mm -hmm. really the rest of it, the majority of it is, is what's it mean to be a public school educator, a teacher who teaches kindergarten. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've got a number of ideas that I'm going to uh, explore with that. Because what I really want our, our parents and our, and our students and our community to recognize is the complexity of being a teacher um, and the, you know, the demands of that job. This is kind of a completely random question, and I guess it's for both of you, but you educators and my parents, I guess, and just older people, not old, but older than me in general, are always talking about how, like you just said, 
we might scoff at the way you use social media and everything, which, yeah, I do. But um, <laughs> what did you scoff at your parents about? I have no idea. Like, did was there any sort of thing that they didn't know how to do either and then you did? I think that teenagers will be interested in hearing that because we go through it Everything, often. Everything, right? I mean, that's, it's funny. <laughs> that's I was gonna I, say you know, my too. daughter, Lainey, <laughs> Lainey went to the uh, Ariana Grande concert Aww. last night. And she went with a couple of moms. And, uh, you know, I was joking with the moms beforehand that, that their daughters are all 10 and 11. I said, you know, this is really pushing the limit as, mm-hmm. in terms of when you can actually go to a concert with your child and dance and mm. sing. And, <laughs> and it's true, though. I mean, you know, so, you know, when I was a kid, we made fun of our parents for the music they listened to, how they danced, um, you know, socially what they were interested in. But I think things were much, um, God, there were, there were fewer options then, right, Dave? I mean, yeah, so the, the number of options parents have today versus what they had then very different yeah i'd say so for me it was always about technology just in like mom and dad all of my friends have cd players now like everybody does we but we still had the tapes you know and we still so it's like people have had nintendo for two years now mom and dad like you go you gotta get me or i gotta stay (laughs) up to date with the nintendo and so yeah yeah, that's kind of i don't know so it was always like uh my mom and dad they don't get technology. Like, they don't get how necessary mm-hmm. <laughs> this video game system is or whatever. But we, we grew up with vinyl. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and then we had... Uh, cassettes. Cassette, well, eight tracks. Eight tracks. Yeah, tracks. We had cassettes. Then we had CDs. I mean, the big thing when I was in junior high and, and into high school was to have a Walkman. Yeah. You know, yeah. The, they were just the <laughs> coolest thing. And if you could get the Walkman that could go underwater be submerged it was even better <laughs> Dennis you mentioned um, one thing we wanted to ask you about was more like uh, like your family mm-hmm. <laughs> you know kind of know you. so you grew up near Lansing grew up in Ionia Michigan in Ionia Ionia okay, Michigan yeah. home of the Bulldogs um, you know Ionia was a kind of a when I grew up it was a GM town more or less a lot of parents worked in in Lansing at Oldsmobile uh, increasingly became more of a prison town because they built prisons in Ionia um, and but it was a nice place to grow up. Good town then. Uh, went to Michigan State. Uh, met my wife Jody there uh, when I was a senior and she was a junior. Um, and then after I graduated, I went to uh, Texas to teach. And a year later, Jody moved down to Texas to teach as well. Um, and we were there for six years total. And then we moved back to Michigan and uh, taught. Or she taught in Onekama, and I was a principal there. Uh, then I went to Glen Lake, and we had our first son, Charlie, who was. Uh, going to be 13 in November um, and then a few years later we had Lainey um, and Lainey just turned 10 so mm-hmm. and now Jody teaches in Grand Haven kindergarten and Charlie's a seventh grader and uh, Lainey is a fourth grader at Jefferson. Do you have siblings? I have an older sister who's two years older and a younger sister who's six years younger yeah. And what are, what are they up to? Uh, my younger sister Robin is a special ed teacher in Oxford Michigan and my older sister Michelle works for um, uh, Old Navy Gap um, as the director of human resources for the Midwest. Uh, n- neither of my parents graduated from high school, so oh. um, you know, it, for us it was a big deal. I mean, and that was a generational as well. I think with a lot of folks. I mean, it, they grew up in in rural areas and in very different situations, but uh, neither of them had the opportunity to complete high school due to situations in their lives. Uh, never did, um, and uh, my dad, who's been deceased now for 13 years or 14, 
Um, he was still a well-educated man, but he just never had the benefit of a high school diploma. Uh, and my mom has had a, my dad had a very successful career at General Motors, and my mom's had a, you know, 30-plus year career selling real estate and doing very well. So. I remember you said um, just now that when you were teaching back 20 years ago, you said mm -hmm. the same problems that mm -hmm. t teenagers in high school have now. Did, do you have any remembering from when you were in high school the same problems that we have now, or do you have any oh fun God. things that you did? Well, you know, I mean, it's funny because uh, I think you go back to, you know, when I was in high school and dress code was always an issue. You know, when I grew up, there was, um, you know, the same, the same things with drinking and drug use that I think kids experience today. Uh, there were some of those challenges, I guess, behaviorally that we, you know, we still have and, and I think always will have because young kids are going to experiment with things. Um, you know, I, I just don't think it's changed as much as people, I think the things around childhood yeah. and adolescence have changed, but I think childhood and adolescence are pretty much the same. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're still just developmentally uh, at a mm -hmm. stage where we're, we're learning things. And mm -hmm. You know, and one of the things you said that, you, that we learn at this age, at the high school age, is finding our own voice. Mm -hmm. And do you, is there a moment or a person who helped you? When, did, when would you say you found that? And maybe it's an evolutionary thing and you're still finding it, but, but was there a, a moment or a person in your life who helped find your voice? Yeah, probably, you know, I can't just name one. I'd name three. Uh, I, my high school English teacher, uh, Bonita McFarland in, in Ionia, senior English. I was a great English student, did very, very well, blew off a project at the midpoint of my senior year and she gave me the grade I earned, ended up with a D minus for the semester, mm -hmm. which uh, ruined my chances of going to Michigan State, which was where I wanted to be. So I ended up going to Western Michigan for a, for a year, which was a great experience. And I loved Kalamazoo and I loved Western, so that, that wasn't a, a problem, but I had to wait a year to get to Michigan State. And then when I went into teaching, my mentor teacher, Leah Ray Marchand, uh, to this day, one of the strongest, uh, most motivated and, and really one of the best educators I've ever known. She really uh, took me under her wing because I was there in Galveston alone and, and without any friends or family at the time. And so she kind of made me part of her family. And um, she influenced me because teaching is hard work, and she made it work for me. And then my first principal, Mary Shivkus, was the same. So In kind of branching off that question, I see every day being a student in high school how um, high schoolers and teenagers in general rely on books and music and movies and everything like someone has that or athletics someone you have that thing that you love I love books but in high school did you love you you like English obviously yeah I love to read and I love music mm -hmm. so yeah. you know I it's funny so yeah we I grew up in the age of uh, when hip-hop was and rap were mm -hmm. becoming popular so uh, you know the uh, yes for a funny thing I mean the I grew up as a huge public enemy, NWA, <laughs> Wu-Tang Clan. I mean, I was, we were really into that mm -hmm. when I was growing up. And, uh, I, you know, I was never much of a reader until I got to being about junior high. Um, and then, you know, the, it's the way it works for you. You read a book, and all of a sudden you're completely hooked on reading. And for me, this sounds strange because I was in junior high, but it was The Godfather. You know, it was. It was The Godfather, which, not very literary. Right? Mario Puzo novel, great movie. You know, I hadn't seen the movie at that point in time, but I read the book, flew through it, and all of a sudden I couldn't read enough books fast yeah. enough. So we here we are in a great spot, I think, for Spring Lake schools in regards to resources. We're now K-12 technology. We're building two new 
almost new elementary schools, huge changes at the middle school intermediate. It's an incredible time in that regard. So part of me wouldn't blame you if you had, if, like weren't thinking about 10 more years down the road, but that's what I'm curious about. What's the next, what's the, when, when this is done, what's the next thing? What are, what are schools hungry for? Or what are you hungry for for Spring Lake schools? Ooh, Dave, that's a hard question. In, in a couple, let me answer it a couple of different ways. Um, first and foremost, a lot of what we're doing today was part of a plan we made four or five years ago. Mm -hmm. and, and we're just, you know, reaching the tail end of that. With, I love ideas. You know, I, I think like a lot of people who work uh, in education, I, I love to talk about exciting opportunities and ideas. But I, I want to be very cautious to say, you know, I think the best ideas for uh, our future strategic plan, uh, I know my fingerprints are going to be on it because I plan to work on that, but I think it's going to come from staff. It's going to come from parents, community, students. I think the process will drive what it looks like. It could be more of a STEM focus. Mm -hmm. It could be continuing to push foreign language lower into the grade levels. Mm -hmm. uh, I think what I always wonder about is why we continue to have this manufacturing mentality in education mm -hmm. that students have to have five periods per day and they three trimesters per year and we're so yeah. schedule bound and time bound and why we're not more focused on learning as the driver. And when I say that, our teachers and our students are great at learning, you know, there's no question. But I, I wonder why a model that was created, you know, 100 years ago or 200 years ago by Catholic schools uh, in this country hasn't shifted to be more, uh, I don't know, more modern. No answers to it. I just have a dream that school won't be five periods, you know, my son's in middle school, so it's six periods a day every day, get up the next day, repeat. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. okay, maybe that's the only way to do it, but maybe there's a different way. Yeah. I think kids all need a, a rich, you know, social science education. They do. They need, they need the math, the science, the social studies, the English. They need the foreign language. They need the arts. They need all that. But do we have to deliver it in such discrete buckets on, on an assembly line? Or could we kind of blow that up and make it look a little bit differently where... You know, Elise McGannon needs something different than that. Yeah. Thank right. you Good. for being here. My, it was my pleasure. This Thanks. was fun. Thanks, Dennis. We can do this every Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have another series of questions. But thanks. Awesome. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Share Chair. Stay tuned next week while we discuss LGBTQ awareness with one of Spring Lake High School's own students.